film podcast with me gav smith coming to you one day earlier than normal because how could i do a halloween special and then release it on the first november seemed stupid so i've released the halloween special on the 31st of october i wonder why i am joined tonight by a comedian drew taylor hello drew how are you feeling how's things going over there I'm very good, Gab, thank you. Yeah, I'm feeling good and I'm looking forward to talking about this on a good chat about this film together and this this very sort of a seasonal movie too. Like a seasonal episode now and again. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, that type of thing, and then we'll get into this film that I haven't told anyone what it is, but I wonder if they can guess. I don't know. Oh yeah, we 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 play that by you and I see people get on board with this. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Drew Taylor. I'm a stand-up comedian, and uh, if you've remiss of me not to say, I'm I'm Welsh. I'm from South Wales. I live just north of Cardiff in the valleys. Um, but you can catch me gigging all over the country at comedy clubs in, in a comedy club near you, perhaps. But yeah, I'm a, a gigging, jobbing comedian. Brilliant, fantastic, and I, I no one would have guessed you were Welsh, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so the night film. Is it's an absolute classic, has to be said. And from Halloween point of view, I think it's stupid to not say it, it is Halloween. So it's John John Carpenter's Halloween, which is probably the the film that started the whole slash craze. I know there's lots of people would say there's other films beforehand, but an awful lot of the tropes that came about in Halloween have then been used in all the slash films since then. Could you give us a quick plot synopsis of Halloween? Is that possible? Do you think? Yeah, so Halloween is a movie set in a leafy suburb in Southern California. I think it's a, I think it's Haddonfield. It's not so Haddonfield, Illinois, is it? It's filmed in California. It's set yeah. in Haddonfield, Illinois, which I can only assume is a is a is a fictional place. Uh, it's set on Halloween, set on Halloween night in nineteen sixty three, where a six year old boy brutally murders his sister, and then we fast forward fifteen years later, where the same character has now grown up. And he escapes from a mental asylum, heads back to his hometown to uh, wreak havoc on the town and picks out some victims in the process. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, that sounds like a really good snob. So I was trying to think, how else could you have said that? That's probably it, isn't it? I mean, it's it's probably the most well-known of all the slashes, isn't it? I mean... That's the, that's the difficult thing. With If anyone sort of... I'd like to think there must be some people out there listening who haven't seen this, and if you haven't, you're in for a treat. But people, I think people will watch it now if you haven't seen it before and think, oh, I've, I've seen these. I've seen these things before. Yeah. I've seen this before. But it's easy to forget. Like, this is the daddy. This is the, the, sort of yeah. the daddy of the slasher genre. Like you said, it's it's not the first slasher potentially could you could argue argue psycho is perhaps and yeah, there's a yeah. few iterations over that sort of 60s and 70s period but this is yeah. the first time it really sort of you have the babysitters you have the yeah. you know the, the, the strange goings on the bumps in the night the, yep. the kitchen the kitchen knife type sort of uh weapon of choice and yeah. yes it, it seems it seems cliched now but it's starting yeah. to cliche yeah that's the thing i mean we're talking about a film from back in what 1978 um, yeah, yeah, which is it's a long time ago, um, and back then there wasn't films like this. There wasn't the idea of this. Uh, this, I suppose, Michael Myers in this is this lumbering figure that just appears in doorways with knives and just attacks people. That yeah. didn't happen. Films. There's nothing like that, really. 
Uh, yeah, so. and with with horrors, like um, not to get too film studenty, like with horrors, they sort of <laughs> they progressed from like um, Transylvania and far away and yeah. Eastern Europe, and then then invasion of the body snatchers, all about communism and and, and infiltration yep. and and in and coming nearer, and then even in the seventies, you've got like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, yeah. you stay away from Texas, stay stay away yeah, from yeah. Texas, you'll be fine. <laughs> But this time, it comes into the home. The horror comes into your home. It chases you up your stairs. It, 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 it not a spoiler alert, but it corners you in your own wardrobe. You know, it's, yeah, exactly. it's, uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's quite a step forward in how horror is is received. Yeah. And I say it's it's a leafy suburb, and it, it's a fictional place, but it's a kind of anywhere USA, isn't it? You could have definitely put that place yeah. as being absolutely yeah. anywhere, even to a certain extent, anywhere UK, because it's not exactly a. A street that looks yeah, like just, specifically just, that that's in America. It could be anywhere, couldn't it? Yeah, just the incredibly <clears throat> bland looking roads and houses and yeah, just yeah. uniform and everyone's dressed the same and it's just, just soft and gentle and nice and it all turns on its head quite quickly. Yeah. Um so let's talk about your sort of relationship with the film, because that, that's what's about my favourite films, so it's about what you think of it. When did you first see it? I think I first saw it when I was around about um, 11 or 12 years of age, which, you know, um, for any, any sort of social workers or anything, now, please don't submit <laughs> submit any, any child protection referrals to my parents. But, like, I was, I was definitely definitely comp age. I was year seven rather than, than primary school. But, like, I was yeah. quite lucky as a child. Like, my, my parents were, I wouldn't say, like, liberal, but they, they would let me watch certain films of 15s and 18s that they'd seen themselves and enjoyed themselves. Yeah. and probably would be 15s or even 12s if they were classified now, you know, yeah. like your Terminators, your Mad Max 2s, yep, uh, the Warriors, yeah. the Lost Boys, things like that. And I'd often wake up on um, Friday morning, Saturday morning, whatever, and they'd say, oh, we've recorded this few last night on on TV. And I think, oh, great. So I'd watch that on video. Um, but this this came, this came on TV on a, it was on, a, on a Saturday night. It may have been Halloween, but I don't think it was. And it was 9pm on BBC2. And my parents right. said, "Yeah, you can, you can, yeah, you can watch. You can watch that if you want tonight." And I had like my my grandma's old TV. My room is like a twelve inch portable TV. Wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I should, if I should include this, but my, my, my mother even tucked me into the into the duvet and like pushed me, pushed <laughs> me right in. And I thought, right, I'm gonna watch this now. And I laid there for the hour and a half, just semi petrified, semi ecstatic. It was, it was a, a strange sort of mix. And then after I finished watching, I thought, well, if I can watch that again at some point. I know it's not real, and I won't be frightened of it anymore. So I, yeah. I made sure I watched it again then at some point, just to burst that bubble. I think, right, it's not real. It's not real. Like, yeah. you know, 12 years of age, you, you you do all sorts of strange things in movies that are in your head when you're 12 Absolutely, years of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I probably saw it about the same age as you. Um, I think I'm probably a bit older than you, though, because I know I saw it on its kind of VHS release in the UK. Mm. Like, my, my brother kind of, he was a bit older than me. He then hired it from the video shop and, put it on now i think same as you i was i was petrified watching it because it wasn't something that we'd seen anything like this before um no and it's but... um like it's, it's it's a lot of the elements to it like with michael myers or, or the shape as yeah. he's referred to in the script yeah just the shape he's just yeah. yeah just emotionless stalking and yeah. i re- in preparation for for doing this with you tonight um I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like watching the dvd and also watching yeah. the second disc with the with the nerdy geeky extras on All it the so, extra stuff on it, yeah 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 <laughs> so i watched my, my my copy like, like people would say they, they've oh i've seen that film a hundred times you haven't seen yeah. it a hundred times you, you couldn't have yeah. you know but i i probably watch halloween once twice a year i probably watched it 20 
for 20 to 30 times in total. Yeah, and with rewatching it, I saw so many things that I hadn't spotted before. Yeah. Like Michael Myers or, or The Shape, he, he pops up in lots of scenes. He's in the background and you don't always spot him first time. And no. I was quite surprised by that. I thought, oh, perhaps I was pulling the duvet up over my face too much when I've been watching it. But he'll be in a window. <laughs> he'll be at the end of a corridor. He'll be, it's, and it's, it's really well done. And it's really sort of subtle oh, and yeah. understated. And if we compare it to like Nightmare on Elm Street, which has come a few years later and part of that sort of slasher craze that came yeah. afterwards where yeah, yeah. It, it, films go in cycles. Don't they? If something becomes popular, it becomes profitable and people will try exactly. and jump on that. And exactly, I like yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, but by comparison, it's just a gore fest. It's just yes. gross out. It's just it you know, fingers and pus. And with Halloween, there's none of that. It's just all subtle, nuanced clever yeah. sort of ways of frightening the audience and anticipation yeah. and it's, it's it's just a really really well put together horror film on a on a quarter of a million pound budget you know absolutely yeah i mean quite quite a low budget for the the time and i guess john carpenter i'm trying to think what he'd done before this but he wasn't like massive director at this point um no he done um he done a film that i forget the name of like where he just filmed it with like afx models in space yeah. and it was a sort of a, a space film and then it sort of not even a big hit, really, but he was he, he got quite a lot of success with the Salt and Peace in Thirteen, um, in the UK. Yes, of course. And um, a film uh, distributor called Michael Myers distributed uh, a Salt and right. Peace in Thirteen for him in the UK, and he thought, oh, he's a nice guy. I like him. I'll uh, name my my monster in my film after him. Um, I'll put him in a film, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, uh, my my nan was always very much introduced me to different films and stuff as well and she didn't watch Halloween but she watched a lot of Salt and Precinct 13 and she said oh the music the music in it's brilliant it's brilliant music and that stuck yeah. with me and you know in a sort of John Carpenter sort of almost goes hand in hand with the filmmaking he, he makes a lot of the music for the movies as well and yeah, yeah. just the soundtrack and the move of the movie is is, is really yeah. sort of simple but it's terrifying and I think I saw that they showed it in a screening without the music and the audience were like, ah, yeah, it's okay. Did yeah. it again with the with the music overlaid and you know much much bigger audience response. Completely different, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean the, the the music in it is it's amazing. I mean Carpenter does a lot of his own scores as you say, and in this one it is, it's so. I suppose there's, there's very little to it. It's just a synthesizer. It's just that's all it's playing. Yeah, lots yeah. of plinky plonky type music as well. And repetitive, repetitive type yeah. music. You know, and same thing over and yeah, as well. With the with the intro of the film, they play the sort of the, the Halloween theme, and it just builds yeah. and builds and builds, and it's it, it, yeah, simple but effective. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's a brilliant score. Um, it's one of those ones that does stick in your head, and you hear it again mm. and again. And it's been used similar type of things been used in lots of other slasher films, I suppose. So you said your your parents kind of let you watch it because it was on, and they let you watch other yeah, yeah, ones. yeah. We we attracted. Was horror a particular thing that you were attracted to at that age? Did you want to watch all the horror films? Or I think, yeah, I think at that age is when you start sort of, um, oh, have you seen Scream? Have you seen like yeah, yeah, Street? Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen Jason? Have you seen, and, and people sort of pass those little rumors and chit chat around in school and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, like yeah. I said, my, my, my parents weren't sort of watch whatever you want, you know. And I, I think I'm grateful for that in in many yeah. ways. But yeah, this came on BBC Two, like I said, and I was like, ah, I'm gonna watch. And I was allowed to watch it, and they showed a trailer for it, um, which. Yeah. As it should do on on the on the on the TV trailer for it, it was all the sort of really scary sort of chase scenes and different. And I thought, yeah, 
I'm fascinated by this. You know, I wanted to see who this guy in the mask was. I wanted to see all the different things they were showing me, but I can catch catch your imagination in that little sort of thirty second, forty second TV yeah. ident. And um, yeah, it just yeah, it was back when you had to watch TV when it was on. You know, so yes. and it made, yeah. it made a, a nice Saturday proper Saturday movie night event. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Especially tucked up in your little bed there. Mm. <laughs> your old black and white TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't black and white, was yeah. it? it was colour, surely. <laughs> uh, just just about. Just about. Just about. Just colour. about. The colour was going on the, yeah, the colour was going on the TV. <laughs> it was on its last legs, but uh, I managed to sort of overwatch it. Yeah. But yeah, but beyond that, I wasn't sort of sneakily trying to watch no. sort of the, 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 the deep, the, the video nasties and stuff. But horror has always been a, a big, a big, I say, probably my favourite genre. If I had to pick a genre, horror is my yeah. favourite genre. Because even if you watch... A bad horror film is still quite pleasurable. It's still quite fun. Um, whereas, it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a crap comedy is just crap. A crap drama is just crap. Whereas, you know, even a, a, a poor quality horror film, it can be fun, entertaining. And when I learned to drive, like a lot of people did, I would just go to the cinema as much as I could and I'd watch any sort of horror yeah. that was coming out. And around that time, there was quite a few remakes that came out. Like, um, yeah. there was a Halloween remake at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hills of Eyes remake. Quite a few yeah. classics were remade all or quite poor in the, in the quality, yes, but more, it's yeah. just, yeah, there's a, it's a sort of a fun period of, of the early 2000s horrors as well. Like, um, you know, we did last summer and, and wrong yeah. and things like that. So yeah, yeah I would when, say, when scream brought back, brought back the idea of the slash yeah, and how you yeah. could be a bit meta with it and things like that. It was, yeah, it was a big yeah. resurgence, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And like I say, if I had to pick a genre, horror be my sort of, my, my, my sort of standard that's, genre. That's your bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right. A, a, a bad horror can be quite funny rather yeah, than exactly. scary. Whereas, a, as I say, a bad drama, just, just you don't want to see a bad drama and a bad comedy. Exactly. If it's not funny, what's the point of being a comedy? It's a, yeah, it's a difficult yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A not funny comedy is the worst type of comedy. Um, I wouldn't know. So, I wouldn't know anything about that, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen you live, so I don't know. <laughs> um, so, you say you were all tucked up. You said you you wanted to watch it again afterwards, just to prove to yourself that it wasn't real. So was it an immediate? I love this, so I really have to watch it again. Or was it? A, I'm not sure about it, so I want to watch it again to see if I was okay with it, sort of thing. Yeah, I think it was like a self, I guess, like a self preservation type thing. Sort of, you know, if you watch it twice, it, it can't be real, sort of thing. But I, I think if I if I had to guess, I don't think I would have watched it again until I was about sixteen or seventeen because right. I um going to a period that I like, I had PlayStation One when I was in my early teens, and I yeah, don't yeah. think they could play a DVD on a PlayStation One. I might be wrong, but you could on a PlayStation Two. And once I got a PlayStation Two, I started purchasing DVDs for my own collection, and I started yeah. working a part time working a part time job and. What else would you buy other than DVDs? You know, so yeah, that was course, one of the yeah, first yeah. one of the first DVDs I picked up when I was popped to HMV or popped to Virgin and pick up some DVDs. And Halloween is one of the so I went to it straight away. It was a go to movie to pick up. So I must have uh, had that impression on me. And like I said, I've watched it perhaps 20, 30, 40 times maybe at the push since. And it just yeah, it doesn't get old. It's sort of you know what's coming, but it's almost that yeah. reassuring enjoyment of knowing what's coming. Yeah, I suppose you always know. How it's going to end, um, and we'll talk about the end later because it's it's an interesting yeah, yeah. end. Um, but y- you know that I suppose Laurie's going to get away and she's going to be all right, or as all right as she can be. But you know who's going, you know who's going to be killed, you know who's going to be killed off, you know what's going to happen to Michael. It kind of yeah. it's all there. And I suppose watching it a second time, you still know what's going to happen. You know who's going to be yeah. safe, and those moments that made you jump the first time possibly 
don't make a jump the second time because there's quite a good a few sort of jump scares in it. It's purposely been done to build up those jumps and those false jumps. I think that's something Carpenter sort of brought yeah. into the, the genre that this kind of been used by everyone that makes a slash move afterwards. You kind of you get that build up and then nothing happens and you kind of go, oh, nothing happened. And then it happens, just as you relaxed. Yeah, yeah it's it's a real good technique, and it's I think it's it's like I said, almost like meta, like sort of meta horror filmmaking, yeah. as in pretend jumps and and there's a couple of jumps that make the cast members and the the the, the, the actors and the characters jump, but are not yeah. aimed at us. And then there's a couple that are aimed at us, and it's it's it's, it's yeah. quite quite layered, really. And considering there's very little gore in the movie, there's no blood at all. I don't think, and there's a lot of jump it's scares not, yeah. and. You, I know some people argue that the jump stay is a bit of a cheap technique, but it works and it, it's, it's effective. And yeah. you know, it does that really, really well throughout the movie, even yeah, even I mean, in the daylight. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about this film that it was the start of a. Well, it's not the start. I suppose there's lots of people who would say that it wasn't the start of the slasher genre, but it's the one that I think stands out in my mind. Um, and I'm sure anyone out there who listens to other podcasts, I'm sure if you listen to Evolution of Horror with Mike Munster, you'd probably go through all his back catalogue when he did slashes and what films were the best ones and which ones started it all. But certainly for my money, this was the one that when I first saw it, I thought that's what a slash movie is. Um, and I saw it quite early on. I was in 78. I just didn't see it. I was seven, I was seven in 78. So mm. it was probably Halloween 2 came out and I probably saw it with Halloween too, so we probably have both okay. DVDs or the VHS at the same time. So yeah, watch yeah. them back to back. Um, so, but it was certainly something I'd never seen before when I saw it. And as you said, there's not a lot of gore in it. It's, it's. I think there is a little bit of blood, but there's not a lot. It's not like you see when the knife goes in. I think you might see a spurt, but there's not a lot. There's not like nowadays when a knife goes in, you see spurts and spurts and these colors yeah, and whatever yeah, else. Yeah. It's, it's quite tamed back from a, a gore point of view. Do you prefer your horror films like that? That you kind of, you've got the scare, you've got the jump scares, you've got the things that are going to scare you and keep you watching, but there's not the disgusting bits, all the gore and the bits of guts and whatever else. Yeah, I definitely, I'd say so. Um, it's 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 almost like well, gratuitous, isn't it? There's, it's, 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 mm. it's, the, it's that word sort of exists for a reason. Like, I'm not a fan. Like, when it comes to horrors, like, there's a couple of horrors which are like the the lawn mower scene in, in Brain Dead. It's fantastically choreographed yeah. and it's meant to be as over the top as possible. And you can't yeah. you can't argue yeah. with that. But there's yeah. even like um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not particularly that violent and it's not particularly that no. gory and I, I think that's better subtlety and just yeah we, we, we know the knife's gone in but there that's all we need you know yeah. and like there's I, I think there's equal stabbings and strangulations in in uh, <laughs> in halloween yeah um yeah. A, a one-to-one ratio so. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good point he, he does move he, everyone thinks that michael myers halloween yeah it's the knife he's got the big kitchen knife but actually he does a few strangulations doesn't he as well as yeah yeah knives. it's not just and, i'm a slasher yeah and like his, his his second murder in the movie you know you don't see you just see the body and in, 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 exactly. in the bushes and you know it's just the subtlety works and it doesn't need to yeah. be blood and go and bones sticking out and and you know and it's yeah i, I think that's that's what you do it yeah i mean i mean you mentioned chainsaw massacre then that's a, that's one of those ones as well known as you know it was it was a video nasty in this country for a mm. long long time but actually yeah yeah there's nothing in it there's no, there's no, no. gore there's no blood and it, i mean it's a 
it's a difficult watch, but I think that's mainly because you you know that the, the actors that are suffering in the heat and the sweat and whatever else come up, <laughs> it, it looks dirty and grimy, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But it's 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 not gore filled. It's scary. No, but it's not gore filled. It's no. a very different like, film. The 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 heroine in um in texting Moscow, she's more likely to die from food poisoning from the food they make it in that <laughs> kitchen than than them being murdered by by Leatherface. You know, that's, that, I was more concerned about that than anything. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem was as well that the the conditions that they were acting in were exactly as we saw on screen. So possibly the food they were yeah. eating was their canteen food anyway. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was quite nasty. From everything I've read about it, it, it sounds like it was a really nasty set to be on and probably worse than the actual film is that comes out. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I like to do this now. It's it's like 25 minutes into the show or whatever, probably a little less than that. I like to do a little ad break now because I found that people listen at this point and then they might switch off. But if they do, that's fine. So, little ad break, just in the middle, just to remind people how to get in touch with the podcast. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, it's really easy. Best way is via email. It's my favorite film podcast at gmail.com. Or you find us on X, which used to be Twitter, of course, at my fave film. On Instagram, it's at my favorite film podcast. That's also the same on threads. On Facebook, just search up my favorite film. And then if you can't remember any of that stuff, the best way is to go to www.myfavoritefilm.com. There you go. Um, this episode and all of our episodes recently have been using Zencaster. We are proudly sponsored and using them. Okay, It's a really super easy way to record your podcast. You just log into a browser, start it off, high quality video and audio are recorded in up to 4K video, which is amazing. It does all of the recording for you offline and then uploads it. So even if the internet connection goes down a little bit, it'll load it up. And if you're worried about doing your podcasting and you think all those ums and ahs are going to be a problem, I um and are all the time, but luckily Zencaster's wonderful background recording stuff will get rid of all the ums and ahs for you. They are an all-in-one platform. They will do all of the hosting, the creating, the producing, and the publishing to all the different podcast providers. If you want to get onto Zencaster, if you go to Zencaster.com slash pricing, and then you use the code MFF, which is my special code, and that get you 30% off your first month at Zencaster. That's, by the way, Zencaster. Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. There's no E in Zencaster. There you go. And, of course, our wonderful theme tune, which was written and performed for us by the Craig Will Collaboration. Their album, Long Way Home, is built by stream, download, whatever you want to do. Find it. It's really good. Drew, as we're selling things, is there anything you want to sell? You got any gigs coming up, that type of thing? Remembering, obviously... October thirty first. This is coming out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I got I got to remember that because I got to get to, yeah. I, I, at the time of recording. I've got a tour show or a tour warm up show in uh, Bristol, but that's going to be missed. It's gonna it's gonna come out. And um, oddly, oddly, I'm I'm not married uh, during this podcast, but I will be married by the time this podcast comes out. Um, I'm not wow. I'm not selling my wedding, and that's not that's not an open invite to anyone. <laughs> but oh, uh, just yeah, just so, thinking you were going to say it was gone by the time we go out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You get loads but, of people um, turning up at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, if, if you want to talk Halloween, that's absolutely fine. But um, uh, in the new year, in 2024, I'll be doing a bit of a tour on the UK. Uh, it's not the dates are not finalised yet, but um, if people want to follow me on social media, uh, all my social media handles are at Drew Taylor Light, like L I T E, um, and I'll be announcing the different dates and venues on there potentially, or hopefully, there'll be one near you. So yeah, pop along. But that'll be yep. early 2024. Okay, I shall pop your 
social media handles in the show notes. So anyone oh, who didn't you. quite get thank that, you. it'll be there in the show notes for them to get. That's the easiest way of doing it. Thank okay, so let's get back into this film then. So, weird, because I've kind of got a set set of questions. Anyone who listens to the podcast on a regular basis know I ask pretty much the same questions of everyone. And my next question is always, what's your favourite character and why? And then you kind of think, on this one, there's only really three characters in it. Yeah. I mean, there's loads of characters in it, but that are in it all the way through that you actually could talk about. There's only really the three. You know, there's um, the Doctor, there's Laurie, and there's Michael Myers himself. Have you got a favourite character? And it might not be one of those main three, but is there someone that's like a favourite character? Yeah, um, it's, it's it's a funny one with this movie because, like you said, it's very, very minimal cast. It's very, very minimal characters. Yeah. And some of the characters just serve a purpose to be sort of canon fodder or kitchen knife yeah, fodder yeah. for, for Michael Myers. Um, but yeah. I, I've always gravitated the most towards um, the character Annie in the movie. Um, okay, yeah. Because she sort of straddles that uh, Venn diagram of like, Irritating and angelic that the other two female characters don't matter. It's like, like Laurie's too nice and soft and sweet and does her homework and she's never being kissed type sort of attitude. Not that you know being kissed is is, is, is a yeah, problem, yeah. but she's she's very very sweet and angelic. And yeah, and yeah. then you've got um the the other female character. Her name is Casey now played by PG Souls, who's the third member of the, of the friendship group, and yes. she's very annoying and yes, it's intentional, but she's. Linda, of course, sorry, and she says she said totally every thirty to forty seconds, which is is intentional. Yeah. But she's she's like the other end of the scale, and Annie just seems to fit right in the middle. She's a bit more grown up, it seems. She's a bit more pragmatic and, and, yeah, and yeah. switched on, and and yeah, she's she's probably just sits in the middle of the two, and, and she's sort of the most likable of the of the three main female characters in the movie. So I've always sort of thought, oh yeah, it's just, it's a shame when Annie Annie pop, pops it in the in, in her car after after going back to, <laughs> after going back to get the keys. So yeah. Yeah, that's the, that I suppose the problem with this that all the the characters, other than um, Jim and Curtis, obviously end up getting killed at some point. So yeah, you kind yeah. of that's why when I was I was looking and thinking, hmm, favorite character. Do you have to have someone that lives to the end to be the favorite character? I suppose you don't, and 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 he doesn't live to the end, and she's yeah. As I say she's when she's I, there. I, yeah, she's 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 great on screen. She's like a blonde scene, you yeah. know. She 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 gladly shares a joint with with Jamie Lee Curtis in the car yeah. as well. Whilst driving, yeah. don't don't do that. Anyone listening at home, no, not no. smoke cannabis. Very she, dangerous. Yeah, sharing good drug driving bad. <laughs> um, but uh, I think we'd be remiss as well not to talk about the Donald Pleasance character because he's yeah, not my favourite, but he's a constant through the movie. But the the, the narrative runs at two separate. Things Donald Pleasance doesn't actually meet Jamie Lee Curtis till the very end of the movie, and he doesn't yeah. encounter Michael Myers until the end of the movie yeah. that he knows of. And he just he gives the film like an odd legitimacy because he's a real actor and he's done yeah. these grand films and he's been in Shakespearean things and he's been in Do- he's James yeah. Bond, of course, as well. And episodes of Columbo he pops up, but like he's the only sort of real actor or famous actor in the movie. Yeah. But yeah. he also he's, he plays a, a, a highly qualified sort of criminal psychologist or psychiatrist, wherever it may be, yeah. and he gives he just gives the film that air of legitimacy. Um, but you, you don't the, the, the Michael Myers and the and the, and the babysitter characters they don't meet Donald Pleasance until the very very end of the movie, and he's spends his time searching for Michael Myers and he and he yes. can't find him. But another thing I noticed when watching it, Gav, like there's it's quite a few funny moments where Donald Pleasance would be looking over here. 
and yeah. to the to his left, and Michael Myers will go behind him on his on his right, and it, yes, he's, it's just it's quite 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 nice humor, really. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's, he's standing on a cross in one scene, he drives behind him in the car. <laughs> it's just like yeah, <laughs> he does he does keep missing him all the way through, doesn't he? I yeah, mean, yeah. He was saying about Michael Myers appearing in a lot of scenes that you don't expect him to be. You're absolutely right. He, he, it's almost like John Carpenter was going for some sort of. I wonder if I can make it funny at the same time as making it scary. And he's yeah. kind of just gone, I wonder if it would be really funny if Michael Myers was just in the background of this scene that they're talking about, how it's difficult to find him and whatever else. And he is. He's just in those background scenes when Donald Pleasance is looking for him or they're looking over their shoulders to see where he is. And he, he's always there. It's kind of a, yeah. a looming, yeah. constant Yeah, more than, you, more than you realise. And it's, that's a yeah. real scary technique that he, he's always watching he's always in the background and yeah yeah it's good yeah. very well very well done yeah i must admit it's, it's something that I, I didn't notice on my first watch i think it, much later i think three or four watches in maybe thought i'm sure he's, he's is, is that him there in the background and you kind of rewind it and go yeah it is yeah um yeah but yeah definitely yeah donald pleasance is, is fantastic he's got some great lines when he starts talking about michael i'm is, this is where i'm going to because I actually watched both Halloween and Halloween 2 this week, so I can't remember. I'm now going to possibly quote two different films at the same time. Um, I'm sure it's this one where he says about Michael's eyes being as black as pitch and being able to see his soul in it. I can't remember yeah, if that was one yeah, or two, but I think yeah. it's one. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's one he's describing sort of working with him as a child yeah. and as a teenager and how like he's been he's been looking through the walls, beyond these walls. He's yeah. been looking to this night when he comes back and he, he's just talking about how it's just cold and calculating he's been waiting 15 years just to come back and yeah. wreak havoc all over again yeah it's brilliant i mean there's a there's a lot in sequels we will come on to sequels i think they're very worthwhile coming on to um so annie's your favorite character don Pleasance, i guess is, is he your favorite performance then because i mean you've said he's Adds the sort of gravity yeah, to the film. I, th I think so. I think it is like Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic in it, and she really carries the part yeah. well. And yeah. just coincidentally, she goes on to other movies in her career not long after, and she's nothing like the Laurie Strode character in no, in, in the all, Halloween no. movie. Um, quite the opposite in some some of the sort of appearances. But yeah, Don, Don Pleasant, he's like the real actor, uh, you know, and he does that sort of legitimacy to it. And he's very believable and he's very intense and he, he's very sort of yeah. performance is fantastic. And I think yeah. they sort of paid him as much as they could, got him there for two days, and he just <laughs> just hammered it out in two days and then and, and then went. Because yeah. um, that's all he could afford. I think they offered the part to Christopher Lee and right. um, uh, Vincent Price as well. Um, and they that couldn't would be very do it. Different, wouldn't it? Yeah, couldn't or wouldn't do it. Um, and Don Pleasance would, and they thought, right, we got we got that real actor now to anchor this yeah. down. But I, I quite like um, the policeman character, who's Annie's father, played by Charles yes. Cyphers, who people will know if they've seen both Annie and Charles Cyphers are both in Assault and Peace and Thirteen as well. Um, yeah. And uh, Annie, uh, Nancy Loomis, the actress, plays the receptionist, and Charles Cyphers is the jail warden who's taking the prisoners to the prison on the bus yeah. um, when he transports the prisoners. But yeah, he's just, even though he's the police officer, um, he's quite happy-go-lucky and he's always joking and laughing <laughs> yeah. and he, he adds yeah. a bit of humour. He, he frightens Donald Pleasance a couple of times when he pops out and puts his hand on his yeah. shoulder or whatever. And yeah, he's sort of having a, having a dad around, a dad yes. in the movie kind of makes yeah. it a bit less scary. Um, yeah, I suppose so, so. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a he's a nice little secondary character, and he he puts yeah. in a good performance too. Yeah. Okay. Next couple of questions. Kind of. 
I'd like to kind of separate them. So, mm-hmm. have you got a favourite scene that doesn't involve a kill? <laughs> um, yes, it's it's two favourite scenes of mine in the film, and it kind of bookends a movie. But like the extended scenes, I really right. love the scene. It's daylight, and daylight is meant to be safe yeah. in a horror movie, um, where Michael first appears, and it's from when he follows Laurie from the house, and then he follows at school. And then he yeah. um, stalks her during her school hours, and then follows her home, and then it finishes with her being yeah. in the back, him being in the back garden, and then he disappears. And just that scene from start to finish is again that he's in the background, he's watching her class, and you don't always notice him, but he's there, and then he's gone, and then he appears, he's gone, and it's really well done. Just yeah. simple techniques. He's pops out from the end of bush, goes back inside, and that's a really yeah. tense building scene that ultimately Absolutely, comes to nothing yeah. and ends with a bit of humor, and that's. Maybe it's the daylight because you know it's daylight. You can't get her. You can't approach her in daytime um, yeah, yeah, as a sort of a horror. You know, as a bit of a horror rule. Uh, and yeah. then similarly, when he once he's uh, dispatched her friends, when he appears in, I think it's the house across the road, not the one Laurie is babysitting at. Yes. And he comes from the darkness behind her after she's found her, discovered her friends' uh, dead bodies. Uh, comes from the slowly comes into focus in the dark. Goes to grab her, she falls over the stairs, and just that chase scene up until the end of the movie. That's a fantastic sort of five, six yeah. minute view as well. I, I know I'm cheating a little bit, they aren't quite scenes, they're more like extended no, no. portions they're of the film, but scenes. yeah, yeah they, they're fantastic, both in their own right, really fantastic scenes. Yeah, I mean, I think Carpenter excels in this film at, at producing these long scenes, I suppose. They are, they are scenes, they're not quite scenes because there's bits of other things happening within them, but. Yeah, they are a long extended scene where something's happening, and you kind of need to watch it from start to finish, otherwise it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, there's lots of those bits. It's a it's a carpenter trait. I think he does in lots of his films that he kind of has these long extended bits that just go on, and you need to watch it because it's the story of the film. It's getting in there, do it a bit in the thing as well, and things like that. So yeah, um, okay, favorite kill, um. It's a difficult one because it is a tough one, yeah. Because it's only like, despite what people, if anyone hasn't heard it, they might be thinking, "Oh, there's 20, 30, 40. It's not. There's not. There's about there's not five no. kills in yeah. this movie. Six, six. You could six kills perhaps in total. Um, I you... And I think it's Sorry, Linda's. You... Linda's kill yeah. is probably my my favorite, just because the way it's set up and yes. the it's it's a kill off the back of a kill, and yeah. it's it's done very very well. Um, I know spoilers are allowed in this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Episode, but I, if anyone hasn't watched it, I won't, I won't discuss it in depth because I think it's quite a nice one to sort okay. of yeah, take in because yeah. the way it's done, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a kill off the back of a kill and it's yeah. it's quite a fun, fun, quirky little way of doing it. Um, yeah. But I, I, again, the way that Michael... It's kind Mises of unexpected, isn't it, to, I suppose? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, yeah. you know... Should have gone spec savers type of thing with those with those glasses and stuff, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a real it's it's a fun way of, of of dispatching with Linda. But the way Michael Myers gets killed at the end too, or does or doesn't get killed at the end, yeah, yeah, it, it wraps the film up nicely, and Donald Pleasance ends up being ultimately the you know, the hero who pops yes. up and saves the day as well. And it's yeah. it's a it's, it's a good kill, and it's a, it's a good end of the movie too. Yeah, um, I mean, you kind of alluded to that that there's not that many kills. There's a lot of there's more killings than we see as kills in the, the film. There's yeah, more people die yeah. than we see are killed. Is there a kind of favorite, I suppose, body discovery? Because there's some brilliant ways that Laurie finds the bodies of the killed that we haven't seen yeah. them being killed. We just, they're, they're suddenly, they're dead. Is the one that 
kind of springs to mind that maybe gives you a jump scare or is I know which one I'm yeah. thinking of, so. <laughs> um it's I think I think he uh, Michael hangs up um Linda's boyfriend upside down in the air and covered or, or, or thereabouts and, and it's all happens and he, he, yeah he, he, flop, he flops down like something from a fairground haunted house and yeah. and when she discovers Linda in, in the air and cover actually she's on the yeah. sort of the second shelf up so yeah. nice towel towel dry in area yeah. and the face the face she pulls is it, it, it makes it almost too ridiculous she crosses her eyes and Tips her head back, and yeah. it's, it's it's so ridiculous that it's 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 soft being scary and soft being quite silly, really. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, you know the the poor mechanic who, who Michael steals his infamous infamous uh, famous uh, overalls from. Um, yeah. he steals literally does steal them from a mechanic, and yeah, uh, who leaves leaves yeah. him in the bushes on his way to heart. Like he bumped into him, really. It would have been it wouldn't be as good if he bumped into a lollipop lady or something uh, <laughs> scary on the way. But yeah, thankfully it was something quite quite scary and, and intimidating. Yeah, I mean, boiler suit. It's 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 now almost become its own horror trope, hasn't it? You know, someone in yeah, a boiler yeah. suit is suddenly scary, and it's like, well, they shouldn't be, but yeah. Um, okay. Is there anything in the film that you kind of you don't like that much, or you don't think works that well? Um. Oh, I'm going to be boring and say that there, there isn't really. Um, it's 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 all very very well done. Um, the scene where uh, Michael uh, attacks the car at the start and he gets um, from the mental uh, sorry the, uh, the 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 institution for those with uh, sort of a criminally insane type sort of place. Um, he is that scene's a bit. It's it's it's, it's a good scene. It's. On a first watch, it's like, oh, yeah, wow, yeah. scary. But when you, yeah. we shouldn't do this as movie watchers, but when you break it down a bit, you're like, yeah. uh, Donald Pleasant's hung back a little bit there, didn't he? And he only, <laughs> how, how far how, how far away was that gate that he went to? You know, he, he sort of appears after Michael has driven off in the car. And it's, yeah. it's a good scene, but it's it's a bit flawed. But we could do that with a lot of movies, couldn't we? And I think it's yeah. better just to take it for what it is. But yeah. yeah, without being too sort of uh, sycophantic about this, it's it's a pretty perfect movie, really, for the uh, budget and the and the, and the, and, the, and the means they had of making this. Yeah, when if you if you if you get a chance to watch any of the sort of making of type documentaries, when you see how it was yeah. made, it was one on, one on Netflix at the moment. Um, and there's a couple that come with a DVD and stuff. It's it's really um sort of resourceful how they make it. They they they're quite young, Adam Long graduate from film school type filmmakers. And they really sort of uh, lots of sellotape and, and things like that going on, and it's, it's just really really yeah, well yeah, done, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, I mean, even at the point of the the mask that they use for Michael exactly, Adams, yeah, you know, exactly the story. You know, it was it was William Shatner mask is stuck inside yeah. out. It's like yeah, just because they couldn't work out how to make him look more scary, so they, they just needed something, and that's what yeah, happened with yeah. the hand. It's, I mean, that, yeah, that's great. brilliant. Yeah, um, I was just thinking there because it, it is it's a very odd movie to sort of categorize on those things and how things that go wrong. But I think the always the thing that always gets me and I, it became a trope, which is I think the brilliant thing of it is how slow Michael moves. It's like, yeah, how can they not yeah. get away from this guy that lumbers so slowly after them? Yet he catches everyone. As you say, you know, he's doing his escape from the, the prison. He moves so slowly. How could he possibly have escaped without someone catching him? But I guess yeah. it, it then became the the slasher trope that the slasher moves really slowly. But he always gets you. It, it, it could just be that you know he's barefoot when he escapes the hospital. Yeah, the, true. The, the mechanic could have had size six, size seven feet, and he's a size eleven, <laughs> and those shoes are just 
killing him, and he can't he can't move too quick. Could just be that, couldn't it? <laughs> I love it. I love when people make excuses for films that they love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was because the shoes were too small. That's why he's a slow walker. <laughs> Thank you for that. Brilliant. <laughs> um, okay, John Carpenter then. I mean, this is, uh, I think, as we said, it's probably only his, his second real film or second filmish. He's obviously gone on to do so much other stuff. What do you think of John Carpenter as a, as a director? Is he... Someone that you'll always watch his films, or yeah, yeah. I think you know he's he is a hit he is a hit and miss director, and I think yeah, yeah. I think it's it's it's, it's unfair to say anything else really. He's very hit and miss, but all of his films are very watchable. Most of his films have got pretty good, strong sort of cult status, and um, they've yeah. they've all got even the ones that I don't think are particularly good movies. They've got a reason to watch it, and they like. It's not a good movie, but it's a movie you should watch. Type of type of thing, which I know that's a bit arty and and, and, and sort of film buffy, but um, he's not like Quentin Tarantino, where it's just every film is a blockbuster type, you know, yeah. multi layered, self aware, fantastic cinematic piece. Some of his films, are, I like. Um, they live. I think they live is an awful movie. I think it's really really yeah. bad. Um, yeah. Ghost to Mars. I know he's gone off the boil at that point, but Ghost to Mars is yeah, very, probably, very yeah. poor. Vampires just about get away with it, but the, the period of filmmaking from a certain piece in thirteen, I think, through to even I'm not big as big of fans of these, but uh, Big Trouble in Little China, which is like mid mid to late eighties, yeah, yeah. um, it's a it's a period of really good filmmaking by John Carpenter. But if anyone hasn't seen them, I think Halloween, uh, The Fog, a certain piece in thirteen. Um, the thing yeah. and the Escape from New York yeah. and LA movies. They, they, they even if they, you don't think they're great movies, they're very culty and, and really worth watching. But yeah. like the thing, I think is in my top ten horrors or even my top ten movies. Perhaps it's, it's not. It's not far behind Halloween in the yeah. way I sort of yeah, I'm, like it. And the thing's sort of one, thirteen the same. Yeah, I mean the thing's one of those movies that just whenever you ask someone to do a list of sort of favourite horror films, it seems to crop its way in there that it's just, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's up there with those favourite things. But I suppose in a similar way to Halloween, other than sort of some of the gross body horror it has in it, it's not that much gore in it again. It's a lot no. of it's in the dark and whatever else, because special effects to do that type of thing, it was so expensive at the time. So it, it kind of has the same creeping suspense as Halloween. Yeah, you know, Michael yeah. Myers could have been the thing. It's 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 possible. Yeah, maybe he is. Yeah, and a, a, a big a, a big <laughs> a big element with the thing is that John Carpenter really sort of effectively tricks the audience into not knowing who who the alien yeah. has become and who it is, and it's it's a very much a whodunit type, and it's really well done. And again, it's an extreme environment out in the Arctic or Antarctic, as it may be. And it's frightening enough yeah. on its own, being stuck out there. Yeah. To then be attacked by an alien is is really ramps up the the fear. And uh, my, my my lovely fiance Sally, who won't get my to the day before this podcast comes out. Um, she watched the thing on New Year's Eve when she was just about to give birth to her second child, I believe. So I'm not sure that's the best movie you want to watch when you're heavily pregnant. But um, probably not. No. You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thankful, yeah. thankfully, Alice is not quite the thing. Like he's he's, he's a lovely little uh, little child, so he's alright. Good. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, we mentioned it before a little bit. Soundtrack. Um, I mean, 
would this film have worked with any other soundtrack than what it's got? I mean, it, it's got this wonderful John Carpenter plinky plonky noises, and as you say, it builds and builds and builds, but it's massively repetitive. You know, if you've got someone like, I don't know, some massive director, some musician, a proper musician, mm-hmm. I suppose, because John Carpenter isn't, to come in and do a proper score with strings and that type of thing, would it have been the same back, do you think? Or is this the perfect <laughs> soundtrack for it? Yeah, again, you know, not to be too sycophantic and Halloween can't be improved, but like, I I don't think John Williams could have done a better job yeah. with this bit of music, you know, and he's uh, infamous with the most yeah. famous scores in cinema history and and uh, arguably around that time as well with your Raiders of the Lost Ark and your, and your Jaws, yeah, yeah. which are either side of this movie coming yeah. out. But yeah, I, I don't think it could have been done better, really. It's that simplicity and that sort of almost badly done to the point where it's done well you know you can just imagine yeah. him with his casio and his synthesizer and and maybe a little triangle and a bell and he's just there sort of you know quite mike oldfield style in, a, his, in his shed yeah i believe that's exactly how it was he basically had yeah. a casio <laughs> organ and just beep, 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 and that's where he yeah. came up with um, I, the demo fact, I think, over and over again yeah yeah i'm sure i read somewhere where it was he'd written it originally as kind of a a demo thing that put it on to have mm. some music on just to see what it would be like. And that's yeah. then they showed it to a test screening and the audience was so taken aback by how the music was adding to it. Cause they'd done it, as you say, without music beforehand. And mm. um, mm. they went, well, yeah, we'll just stick with that as a score. Cause why not? It's, it's, it does the job. Yeah. I mean, I know that um, Carpenter now does, or he has done full concerts of his work. Yes. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he pops up in art centres on tour and he'll, he'll play his yeah. songs from his, his back catalogue of, of music and yeah, like like his films, I suppose. I, I bet some of them are quite hit and some of them are quite missed as, as you go along. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think as a, as a movie fan, that'd be a, a decent night out. Yeah, I, th- night I out. think I'd be interested to watch him actually. Go and see him in, in concert. Yeah. Might be quite interesting to see, yeah. Okay. We're going to have to come to it because this is your favourite film, but there's a lot to unpack on a point of view of sequels, franchises, reboots, rebuildings. I mean, how many? there's so many films. I'm, I'm just looking on IMDb now to see how many films there are in the Halloween franchise. There's, there's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But there's about 13 films here um, okay. of varying different levels. Mm. Uh, and I know certainly Halloween 3 is the different one in there. Um, because yeah. it's the one that doesn't have Michael Myers in. Because I think it was mm-hmm. someone had said that it was a, the original plan was that they were going to do a new Halloween film every year, and they'd be different. So every year yeah. they'd have a different idea, and that would be what they did. But they then failed with that straight away because they did Halloween two and did it as a direct sequel. But then Halloween three changed it all up. Mm-hmm. Have you seen many of the sequels? Any of the sequels, <laughs> the reboots, remakes, whatever. <laughs> I've seen most of them. I've seen yeah. um, this. I suppose this is the best way to put them. Really, I've got one, two, and three on DVD, and I consider them like a trilogy, really, um, because yeah. even though John Carpenter is not the director of two and three, um, it's the same team behind all three films. Um, yes. He's a producer yeah. of two and three. Uh, I think Tommy Wallace, who's like a producer of the first one, is the director of two and three, possibly. Uh, Nancy yeah. Loomis. Um, they, they, they forget that people might have seen the first one, but Nancy Loomis pops up again in number three as yeah. a different character. Yeah, sure. um, yeah. Deborah Hill writes the scripts for them. Um, yeah. um, but it's by the same, the same backer, the same movie backer. And I think yeah. 
after doing three, the audiences were like, ah, oh, we want Michael Myers, you know, which... Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, Mrs. Brown's Boys is really popular, but doesn't mean Mrs. Brown's Boys is good, you know? Um, so it's like, they went along with that then. And then number four is when it goes back to Michael Myers, and it's, it's, yeah. it's quite a step off. It's quite poor compared to the first three. Um, so yeah, I've seen yeah. four. Um, I haven't bothered with five or six. Uh, I right, think okay. I've seen seven, which I believe is Halloween H20. That's, That's H2O, pretty good. Yeah. That's decent, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, seen... I always liked H2O. I thought it was it was nice to yeah, have Laurie decent. come yeah. back. And it yes. was, yeah. Yeah. And, and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a downturn in his career, a brief downturn post- <laughs> Third off yeah. of the sun, pre Looper, yeah. gets, gets a little ice skate yeah. in the face, um, which is quite quite a, quite a good kill at yeah. the start of the movie. Um, and yeah. then I, I didn't enjoy I, I, Halloween. What's the one Buster Rhymes in it? Halloween. Is that, re- is that Resurrection? Resurrection. Yeah, I watched yeah. that in the cinema. I, I learned to drive at this point, so I was watching that in the cinema. Um, yeah. And then there's the Rob Zombie remix. And like for me, Rob Zombie's not the guy to do Halloween. You know, no. House of a Thousand no. Corpses, um, yeah. The Devil's Rejects, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, yeah. A, a remake of Fright of, of um, Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe, Rob, but not Halloween. He's, this, the subtlety no. is what makes Halloween Halloween, and Rob Zombie, I don't think you spell subtlety, let alone put in a yeah. movie. His, so, his, versions um, of, his versions of Halloween are very, very different from the one yeah, that we're this, talking about tonight. I'm, and I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of baseball bat usage in, in one yeah. of them, and it's like, no, yeah. that's not Michael well, Myers' it's, style. It's a gore fest, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Which is what we've just said, Halloween isn't the gore fest, yet when Rob Zombie gets his hands on it, it becomes this gore fest, and you have uh, lots and lots of blood uh, and whatever else. It's not, I, it's not the I same. Suppose, I suppose there's an argument for why do a shot-for-shot shot remake? Let's make something that's different. Um but you've got a, a remake guess, of us, yeah. yeah. But you've got a remake of Assault and Precinct Thirteen as well, which came out in like the yeah. early two thousands with um, Lawrence Fishburne in it, and yes. that's a fail as well. You know, both of yeah. these remakes of John Carpenter films try and do the film differently, and they both don't quite make it, in my opinion. So, yeah. But I, I, I'm a fan of Number Three. I like Number Three as a movie. Yeah, um, I think it's it's yeah. good. I think I wish they had stuck to that sort of Monster of the Week, X Files type of different different horror. Uh, yeah, mon- monster each time. I think that would have been a nice thing to do, and I think the series yeah. might have had more longevity if they had a different monster, different scare, different thing going on with each one. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I definitely there's, some, there's something in that that you know you could still do it now. You could go, well, actually, do you know what? We're just going to bring out a new Halloween film every single year. They don't have yeah, to call yeah. Halloween now; they could call it something else, you know. Just mm. bring out a new story, and it's it's all by the same team, the same director, same writers, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I think it would really work. So. That's, I suppose, the sequels and then this mm. reboot thing that Zorobo Zombie did. They've then done this weird thing in 2018 where they brought out another Halloween film and called it Halloween and went, everything that happened before didn't happen. So Halloween 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, whatever else, didn't happen. And Halloween 2018 is the direct sequel to the film you're talking about tonight, 1978 mm-hmm. Halloween. How do you feel about that and then Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends? Have you seen those three films that have kind of made this a, a quadrilogy, I suppose, of films rather than this yeah. however many films it was before? I um I've got the 
2018 Halloween on DVD. I picked yeah. it up in a in a, in a Tesco and as they're on the way to a, a, an Airbnb <laughs> holiday somewhere, I thought, oh, I'll buy this. There's something to watch. And I've seen it. And I'll be honest, Gav, I couldn't tell you anything about it. Um, so I think that says enough that it didn't have a lasting effect on me. I've seen it the yeah. once. I haven't gone back to it. Um, yeah. And I, I, I do I do like the second movie. I, I think it is a nice follow-on from the first movie yeah i think you know anyone listening tight who's thinking oh what should i watch tonight for halloween do yourself a double bill of halloween and halloween 2 the original from yeah. 78 and 80 um you, you could argue it's a bit silly that he gets shot and gets up and the, yeah, but yeah. they do it quite well they, they if i remember correctly they pack him up into an ambulance thinking he's hurt and yes. they take him in and out which you know they don't know he's michael myers they don't know yeah. he's a, a manifestation of evil on the rampage yeah. he's a guy who's been shot. Let's take him to the hospital. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of plausible. And then, you know, rampage and massacre and Susan in the hospital. Then you know, key workers, which makes it a little bit more uh, offensive <laughs> again to you know clapping and stuff, not clapping for that. But um, yeah. yeah, it's I, I do like the original movies. So, like yeah. you said, it's nice that Jamie Lee Curtis has come back. Um, I always question when actors come back to franchises or movies yeah. or poor movie choices late in their career. I don't know if it's just final payday type thing. I don't know. Let's, let's assume yeah. it's not, but, but um, yeah, I, prefer, I do like the original two as a pay and, and the third one, the new one is yeah. just having me. Really, I'm really excited. Me, Cause yeah. it is my favorite movie, you know? I mean, I have to say that it, from a point of view, bring Jimmy Lee Curtis back. I think H2O did a, a much better deal of bringing her back. Mm. Um, it, it, I don't know. It seemed to finish off Laurie's story better, and yeah, she yeah. does die in H two O, which is why I guess they have to cancel it completely to do the new two thousand eighteen <laughs> Halloween. Um, yeah. But I thought it did justice to her story better. If you put so Halloween one, two, and then H two O together, you kind of have a nice trilogy there that kind of does the story yeah. quite well. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it's it's immediate, and then there's down the line, you know, it's a sort of yeah. coming back to, because with a lot of horror uh, movies and a lot of horror characters, they do have like, like it, he comes back every 36 yeah. years or 45 years or something. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, yeah. it could be that he disappears for a while and he, if, arguably, like you said at the start, he comes back 15 years later at the start of the, yeah. of the first movie, he comes back 20 years later. Yeah. For, for, you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it seems like it's in a horror way, it's logical and sensical. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I always also think that the Halloween two sets up the idea that Laurie is actually Michael's sister. Yes, yeah, that's a and reveal that you, isn't in the first movie. Yeah, of course, exactly. If you then cut that because that's what they've done with Halloween twenty eighteen, she's not mm. anymore. So why is he coming back to try and get Laurie? Is there some yeah weird yeah. thing he's been holding over for like twenty thirty years and backwards going that that babysitter that got away back in nineteen seventy eight? I must get her. It's yeah, like perhaps, it her, seems perhaps her dad pointless. priced her house too low when he put her on the market because her dad's a real estate agent, <laughs> isn't he? Who's well, the, the 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 what's the word? The property. Um, what did we say? Estate agent. He's the estate agent who was trying to sell agent, yeah. Michael Meyer. Yeah. So perhaps it's just a very petty uh, property dispute. You know, trying to get his own back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, well, it's, we kind of alluded to it there a little bit. I'm going to go back to it. The end of the film. And I don't, I, I'd say all the time, it's spoiler filled this, so it doesn't matter if you spoil it. And you said, obviously, it makes Donald Pleasance the, the hero. But it also leaves you with that 
big open ended because they mm-hmm. look out the window and the body isn't there. What do you think that is an end of a movie? I mean, if they'd never made a sequel to it, could you have coped with that? That's it. That's the end of this film. It's kind of just boom, end. Yeah, I I do quite like that. Um, in some ways, it's the it's it's, it's almost like the movie equivalent. And of and I woke up and it was all a dream. It's a little bit, <laughs> you know. Uh, what should we do? What should we do? He disappears. There we go. Done. Fabulous. It's a, it's yeah. almost like a opening doing it, but it, it works really well. And that's what horror should be like. You don't fully yeah. understand what's going on. You don't fully. You you don't jump into bed that night feeling totally safe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's that not knowing, the wondering, and they 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 quite it's quite an effective end to the movie that that the music theme tune kicks back in, so it's gone like full circle to the title credits and and they show everywhere he's been, everything he's done, and he's not in any of the shots anymore. But they also his breathing yeah. is then dubbed over as well. So if he's breathing, yeah. he's back up on his feet, arguably and. You always question: Is it his viewpoint we can now see? Is it? It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a real good ending. It's, or you're now watching through a mask. As, yeah, yeah, it could be poo pooed as a sort of um, throwaway or didn't know what to do ending. But it, I, I feel it's a very good horror ending. Yeah. And again, nice subtlety and, and makes you think rather than hitting you over the head with it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose from my point of view, like I say, I I watched it and had the second one ready to queue up when we watched mm, the first one, mm. so I knew that he was going to come back, because that was there yeah, back in yeah. 1978. They didn't know he was going to come back. Nobody knew this was going to be a, a film that actually would make any money, I suppose, at the time. Um, mm. The company made it originally. Um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. Um, is there anything we've missed? Anything else you want to mention about the film? Any other scenes you want to go, do you know what, this bit's brilliant, and so on? Or you think we covered it? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Like, I, do, I do sort of was surprised, pleasantly surprised when I rewatched yeah. it, like I mentioned earlier, about how subtle it is and yeah. how often Michael Myers is on screen and you don't always realise it. Um, I, watching one of the DVD extras, there was a scene where Annie's going back and forth talking on the phone. And I, I didn't realise until watching that on the extras that he's behind her the whole time watching. But because she's stepping through the shot, you don't always see him. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that before. It's, so it's one of yeah. those films that you can you can definitely go back to again and again. And there's a comfort in knowing how the story goes, but there's a lot. For, for a quarter of a million pound film that was made by a yeah, bunch yeah. of mates, um, with yeah. literally <laughs> tape and balloons and, and all other sort of blue tack and different things going on, it's, yeah. it's a real layered and, and, and watchable and rewatchable movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it stands the test of time. I think as a as a horror yeah, film, yeah. it's one that you could still rewatch now, twenty twenty three. You know, it's I'm trying to just do the maths quickly in my head. However many years old, um, nearly fifty, I guess it's 40, 45. Yeah, forty five. Yeah, forty five. Yeah, forty five years old. Like, to be that old and still be watchable and still be as scary. I think that's the thing. I think if if you showed this to a a young audience, they'd still be scared by it. It's probably not the, got the gore that they'd want, but it's still got the scares. It's still it's got yeah, this slow and, dread that's in it. Yeah, and I, I I would hold it up against your Friday the Thirteenth, your 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 Fred, your mm, um, definitely Nightmare on Elm Streets, and then some of the lesser sort of slasher films like The Burning and Stay Away Camp, The Followed. Yeah. Like it kick it kicks yeah. all of their ass easily. It stands yeah. up against any of them. Scream yeah. comes close in a way of its self-referential yeah. and self-awareness 
but it's the Hollywood sort of bratty nineties sort of version of, of what Halloween's originally trying to do. It's it stands yeah. up against any horror film now, I feel. Yeah. I mean I suppose this this is the start of the slasher genre. Scream was mm. the actually the slasher genre has done its business. It's nearly finished. Can we revitalize it? And that's what Scream yeah. did it. Yeah. They tried to revitalize the slasher industry by going, how about if we tell everybody we know what slashes are? Yeah, and then put yeah. us in a world where slasher films yeah. already exist. Yeah, playful um, postmodernism of slashers. Yeah, really, really clever idea, and that's why it made. The money. Oh, absolutely! Like, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's fantastic. Still making yeah. money, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. This bit's a tough bit because I've done it, but some people find it really, really easy. Um, can you sell the film for me in about thirty seconds? Uh, if you listen to this, if you're listening to this on Halloween, I'm sure once you finish trick or treating, anything else you got to do, you're looking for a movie to watch tonight. This is the go-to Halloween movie. It's the daddy of all the slasher movies. It's the one to watch, without question, time and time again. Brilliant. That sounds good to me. <laughs> I think that does it. Uh, not an air of, so, not an air of pretentiousness either. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> So, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I, I love talking Thank about this you, film. It, oh, I'm so surprised. That absolutely. It's yeah. It's like you know I've been doing this for I don't know how long now. I can't remember how I've got out now, but no one has said Halloween, and I've done two Halloween specials in the past, and no mm. one has gone. Actually, can we just do Halloween on its own? It's appeared in the list shows I've done, which have been sort of Halloween specials where I've gone watch for horror films. Yeah, it appears yeah. them, but nobody said, can we just do Halloween? Um, so it's great to finally yeah. do it, I suppose, and especially to then put it out on a Halloween episode is, is fantastic. Um, oh, it's a pleasure. Next oh. time we are back to our normal Wednesday schedule. Drew, is there any, anything else? Uh, you just sold yourself, just tell us your social media accounts again so everybody knows where they are. Yeah, if anyone uh, wants to, to follow me or check out my comedy or even just, just chat movies, I, I'm, I'm up for things like that. Um, you can find me at on all social media platforms on at Drew Taylor Light L I T E on the end, and um, if you Google my name for different comedy clubs, I often appear in in comedy clubs in another country near you. So hop along to a show and say hi if you like. Fantastic. Okay, it has been like I said, pleasure to talk to you tonight. Um, really enjoyed Halloween. Um, everybody else, we'll see you in two weeks' time, I guess. Well, two weeks and one day because we'll be back out on a Wednesday next time. So bye bye for now. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. 